Wake up! Wake up, wake up, wake up! Up you wake, up you wake, up you wake, up you wake! This is Mr. Senior Love Daddy, your voice of choice. The world's only 12-hour strong man on the air. Here on We Love Radio 108 FM. The last on your dial, but first in your hearts. And that's the truth, Ruth. everybody. Welcome to the Gen Divide podcast. I'm Grace. And I'm Scott. And today we are joined by our special guest and movie genius, Derek. Hey. Am I supposed to talk now? You are. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. That's perfect. Is that what the pointing, That's the exactly, pointing at my yeah. face is? Okay. <laughs> several, several points I make from behind the computer. Yes. That's how we do it. Yes. That's how high tech okay. this is. This is episode number nine and it's our first ever movie review ever. We will be reviewing Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, which was suggested to us by our guest. I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> true. It could have been. It, it was no. a discussion. Uh, well, here's, it yeah, it's here's, really hazy. Okay. Here's hazy. the thing. I'm in the pool at my girlfriend's house, and Scott texts me, what about Do the Right Thing? And I oh. said, do you really want to go there? And he said, yes. That is not... How you brought it up to me. Well, you said, guess, Derek said, do Derek, the right in thing. In the end, but, he did say, let's in, do it. In fairness, I would have picked that if I thought it was on the, plat- on the yeah. plate. Yes. Okay. So he swapped. I thought it might be too much for a, a burgeoning podcast like yourself. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is a heck of a movie but, to kick it off with. But here's the thing. Now that you've made it to seven episodes, I mean, it's all gravy from here, right? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. It should all be easy from here. We've beaten the uh, podcast uh, average death or average lifespan or pod whatever. Fade. Yeah, pod fade. So with that, because we made it seven episodes, Grace, we kicked off our social media in the last couple of days. Yep, our Facebook and Instagram are active, and those are both at Gen Divide Podcast. Yep, that's exactly Correct. right. And since I am the old man, I am manning Facebook. <laughs> and I'm taking Instagram. So you might notice a little bit of a different uh, tilt on there over the over the several I've, years. I followed the Twitter account last night. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> That's the one we've done nothing with. We've it done nothing with that yet. Inkin That's going to be Dylan. And at Baseball Yards. <laughs> yeah, that was it? Those that was were it. the followers? That was the two followers. <laughs> nice. It's growing. It's growing. It's growing. I know it those guys it literally doubled last oh. night. Yes. Oh, oh no. That's... I, you may have just disconnected just then. Okay. I don't know. That's not a good no, so, and again, in our high-tech situation oh, here in our studio. I'm connecting again. There it is. Nice. There you go. So, hey, no edits, guys. Yeah, hashtag no edits. no edits. Never are. So, Do the Right Thing uh, is the movie that we're going to be talking about today. I, I w- will say kind of before we – we're going to let Derek kind of drive this for a little while. He's got some, some stuff. Uh, and then Grace and I are obviously going to pipe in with thoughts. Two things I want to say up front um, – one, if you've never seen the movie before, we're not holding anything back here. We are going to talk about everything from the beginning to the end with a lot of spoilers if you've never seen it. So I would say if you've never seen it, it is definitely worth your time. It is a very relevant film and a great film. And I would say go out and watch that. Pause where you're at right now. Come back and listen to this in a couple hours. Well, I don't know if they need to pause right away. I mean, I've got 
I've got some things. There's other bits before. There's other bits, and then we can, like, it may take five, six, seven, ten minutes, (laughs) and then we'll, like, hey, you know, you can go and come back after you watch the movie. There you go. So stick with us for a little while. We'll tell you, I guess, before if you hear us getting a little too serious. The other thing I'd want to say is, uh, again, like we said, it's a very relevant movie for uh, what our country is going through right now. We're going to acknowledge that with some discussion uh, on in in those areas as well uh, with this podcast. Um, and again, kind of makes it a tough one to start off with. I was thinking about this today, like as I was rewatching it again today and all I could think was how much, uh, easier and, uh, whatever it might be if this was about Marty McFly and traveling back in time to try and not erase. I was thinking (laughs) something like back to the future when this idea was first brought up. I'm going to be honest. Well, I did take offense at the fact that Grace called Michael J. Fox dorky (laughs) because he was the epitome of cool in 1985. My bad. So cool. My bad. We'll let it, we'll let it slide this time. Yeah. So there you go, Derek. Let's get going with Do the Right Thing movie review. Okay, well, I've got a couple of things podcast-centric first, because I'm a long-time, first-time. I'm a P1 of this podcast. Yes, from the beginning. So you've been teasing the seventh podcast for a while, so I brought some podcast gifts. Oh. And that is what I feel like, if you want to take the next step, you have to to get some legitimacy from celebrities. Okay. Okay. So, uh, before I say that, can I offer some compliments of the podcast? Oh, of course. And maybe some constructive criticism. Oh, that's what we really want. So (laughs) (laughs) when I listen to the podcast, I find myself laughing much more at what grace has to say rather than what you have to say. Yeah, (laughs) Me too. So I need you to step up the comedy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Step it up. Uh, if I can pick one moment that was my favorite, it's, uh, I believe, in the second podcast when you were explaining three-way calling. <laughs> and you said when you tried to trap somebody into saying something bad about another friend, and you were like, it's really terrible, and Grace didn't miss a beat. And she says, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. But I do have a quick story. So uh, my girlfriend lives in Oklahoma, uh, and... Uh, we were driving back from Bridgeport. She was in Bridgeport for a little bit, and we listened to the Alan Green podcast with me, uh, Nikki, my girlfriend, her daughter, Ellie, and Ainsley, my daughter. Okay. Uh, all stayed up there for a week. So we listened to the Alan Green podcast, which was about school. And there were – the girls were sitting in the back. I was sitting in the front, and there would be things that Grace would say, and I would turn around with, like, this look <laughs> on my face, like, is this true? <laughs> Uh, and then the, like the fourth time I did it, the girls were finally like, enough. Yes, this is the way things are. <laughs> oh the gosh. thing that I couldn't wrap my head around was the Netflix. Just watching oh, during class? If yeah. Netflix yeah. was available when I was in school, oh, man. I would have failed far more classes than I failed without Netflix. <laughs> yes, yes. That, I, would have, yeah. that, that blew my mind. The you may earbuds, have made it out. The earbuds and the Netflix <laughs> blew my mind. Like, yeah, if there's Netflix... In school, if you're allowed to do that in school, is there a chance we never meet, Derek? And this moment's not happening at all right now? Oh, there's a 100% chance we don't meet. (laughs) My parents don't have a basement, but I would have lived in that basement and just watched Netflix. All day. For a very long time. For a living. 
for a living. You are a movie genius. <laughs> that is so true. That it, is it true. Thank you. Could be expected. Uh, and just a little bit. I Let feel, me. You go ahead. No, I feel like I'm going to get a sash with that on there. Well, <laughs> you should. I was driving down the road listening to the podcast. You guys declared that that was my moniker, yes. and I immediately started to the laugh. Movie genius. You will I be our that reference was funny. for all movies. Aww. I think you disconnected again. This I, may just be a complete fail. I don't know, but uh, I, I want to tell real quick, like how I met met Derek in in college. Uh, I worked at Blockbuster. That's also where I met your mom. You knew that. Yes. Derek worked there too, and I can remember uh, right off the bat, you know, kind of knowing that Derek had some knowledge. But what it would be, Grace is, and I don't know if you remember Blockbuster videos at all, or, but it was just <laughs> it was just rows of shelves of movies. And I would just grab a random movie, usually a movie I'd never heard of, one that we only had one copy of, and it probably only got checked out once every three years. And I would just yell out the title of that movie, and Derek, without skipping a beat, could tell me who the main (laughs) actor or actress was, and that they also were in a TV show. And the one, I can't remember the movie or the actress, but I just really remember, I know there was a tie to Bosom Buddies. Yes. Yeah. Do you yes. remember this? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Do you that was the a movie? sitcom that Tom Hanks was on. No, but do you remember the movie? Because uh, there well, was some movie and you said she was the, because uh, Tom Hanks, it was two, yeah. it was Tom Hanks and another she, guy. Well, the sister, the sister in Back to the Future is, her oh. name is Wendy Jo Sperber, I believe. Okay. And she was in Bosom Buddies. And she must have been in some other B title flick that never made it. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So 100%. that's the situation. This was. It I wasn't can't back imagine to the she was getting any was kind of uh, movies. But um, uh, I've told this story a thousand times. But uh, the manager would not let me and Scott work on the same shift because mm. one Sunday we worked on the same shift and nothing got done. Yeah. And she walked in and she was like, "This <laughs> is it." And she literally did not let us work together after that. Yeah, I wasn't oh. a movie genius by any means, but I would, I, uh-oh, I would, I would get wrapped up into the movies sometimes. I'm very excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, much, much more so the discussion. Derek knocking his microphone all around the place. That's okay. Okay, I didn't mean to 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 go down a path. I, I do want to focus back on Let's the do podcast. Do I, I don't want to oh, right. make this Derek and uh, Scott hour. Okay, so. When you need to, to backtrack, when you need some legitimacy for your podcast, where do you go to reach out to a celebrity that's readily available? Cameo.com. Cameo. Cameo.com. Nice. I'm obsessed with Cameo. Yeah. It's the best website I'm pretty sure ever invented. Okay. Right? Yep, it Probably. is. Okay, yeah. so. Um, I'm already so excited. I don't right want now. to. Uh, I don't want to uh, oversell this yeah. because, uh, like, David Ortiz was like 750 bucks. I did not spend 750 bucks on David Ortiz. <laughs> That's good. But I did have some clear things that I wanted to do with these cameos. Okay. okay? Yep. I have not listened to two of these. <laughs> okay, I've listened yeah. to one because I was a little worried that potentially there's something that we couldn't play on the podcast. But okay. I'm happy to report it was, it was okay. okay. Yep. Okay, so... Uh, I'm going to go from legitimate to least legitimate. Can we do that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so the first one, I really miss baseball right yes. now. I think you probably we miss baseball. Grace too. misses it. Well. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that might be problematic for this, Grace. <laughs> so uh, the first person that I found was um, Emily Jones with Ooh, the Texas Rangers. Yes. 
So I had to, and I haven't listened to her yet, okay. so we're about to find out if this was a huge disaster. Nice. Okay. But the thing is, is that I wanted her to wish you guys a happy seventh podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. I asked her a question uh, as if Grace asked, like, give us some tips to be a journalist. What, yeah. what does it take to be a journalist, Nice. Emily? Love oh, it. Wow. And the last request was, could you give us a liner? Hi, I'm Emily Jones, a Texas Rangers reporter, and you were listening to Gen Divide. Oh, my oh goodness. My so there's three criteria. Let's see if how she it. how she did. So do we need to make sure you're on this speaker now? I, you I think believe you I am on this speaker. Okay. All right, so we're ready? We're volumed up. Yeah, let's see. Okay. Let's see how Emily does. Okay, so this is going to be Emily Jones cameo. We have two more after this. Okay. Starting now. Rangers, I just wanted to wish you a happy seventh episode of your podcast, Gen Divide. Such a cool idea um, to have grandfather and granddaughter doing a podcast. I'll have to check it out. Uh, Grace, I understand that you would like to be a journalist. And so my advice to you would be to uh, get tough, get persistent. Um, Don't be afraid of making mistakes. Learn from them. And uh, help it make you a better journalist and a better person overall. So, hope you guys are crushing the podcast. Like I said, I need to check it out. Um, and then I want to end with a liner for your little podcast. So, here goes. Little. Hi, I'm Emily Jones, and you're listening to the Gen Divide podcast. Thanks, you guys. And as always, go Rangers. That, that was, was awesome. awesome. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, Other than real the quick. Real quick. <laughs> I put dad and daughter yeah. in the description and your ages. So that she went rogue. That's okay. Emily That's went okay. rogue. There. That is all right. That's going to make it even that much more special. Uh, I and feel, Grace, did you get all that as to what you need to do? Yes. <laughs> okay. To be a journalist? <laughs> yes. Um, the uh, second oh, man. cameo. So we're going, Emily was the big one yeah. in your mind. So okay. the one in the middle, I That's think the huge. one in the middle has the potential to be terrible. Okay. Oh. But maybe in a good way. Love it. But here's why I picked him. Okay. His name is Trevor. He appears to be about seven years old. He's probably more like 15. And <laughs> under his job description, it just says influencer. Nice. Okay. okay. <laughs> he cost one dollar. One dollar. So wow. here is Trevor. Let's do it. I asked him the same questions, basically. Wish you well. Grace wanted to be an influencer. <laughs> what tips do you have? <laughs> and the final one was, could you give us a liner? Okay? Yes. Yeah. No one will know who Trevor is except his mother, but you guys will have a here liner. Oh okay, so gosh. here we go. Trevor. <laughs> Scott, Grace, congratulations on your seventh episode of your podcast, Gen Divide. Also, Grace, if you want uh, to start making videos, what I would suggest is uh, find out what you're really passionate about. If you're really passionate about making videos about politics or comedy, whatever it may be, find out what that is and really go into it. You want to know your market. So if you are making comedy videos, know who you're advertising to, who you are making videos for, and you can tailor your videos for that. So... Hi, I'm Trevor. I am a TikTok uh, person, and I am also a climbing coach, and you are listening to the Gen Divide podcast. 
Time out. I love it. I love it. Time out. What did he say at the end? Did he say a climbing coach? A climbing coach? Yeah, I think a climbing, like mountain climbing, maybe. What if he just? What if he just works at like the REI and that's just what he talks about? Like I'm just a climbing. I love it. That that one's great too. Oh my god. So uh, you know, also though, I pretty good advice. Pretty good advice from Trevor. Yeah. Well, I think I hope his business card says TikTok person. No I think, doubt. I think that might be a good one. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Trevor Trevor costs a dollar. I feel like we really got our money's worth. Yeah, we there. got a yes. steal with Trevor. Trevor is a steal. Okay, here's the final one. Yes, and this might be my favorite. Of course, I hadn't heard the first two. Okay, but after hearing the first two, this still might be my favorite. So this guy is a TikTok personality. His name on TikTok is Rybread19. Rybread19. Okay, Rybread19. He's a little. Adult maybe is not the right word, but his humor tends towards the rated R. Yeah. So that's why I was a little worried because okay. I paid for him to do a cameo first. Yeah. And then kind of went back and watched his videos. But so I said, hey, bro, keep it clean. But what he does is he does songs. Ooh. So I said, could you congratulate oh, wow. the duo? But could you also give them a theme song? Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. This is the greatest so, ever. Here's Rye Bread. It's about 30 seconds. The song is not nearly long enough for my taste. I would like to go back and ask him to make a full song. That'd be perfect. Wow. Though. But he cost $3. $3. So this for is a theme song for three bucks. Are you ready? Yep. Here we go. Hello, Scott and Grace. Uh, here to wish you a happy seventh episode of your podcast, Gen Divide. That's incredible. I hope you guys make it to 100 episodes. Thank you very much for the donation. And um, hey, if you ever need a really cool, awesome guest, just hit me up or whatever. Uh, I made a little song for you, though. Here's your here's your cute little intro. Gen Divide is the best podcast on the planet. Just sit back and relax. Enjoy it, dang it. How about that? That is this awesome. This is amazing. That is greatness. Rye Bread Gosh. 19, just delivering in the clutch. Goodness gracious. Wow. So Rye Bread has... Close to 265,000 followers on wow. TikTok. He is a TikTok person. Rye Bread. Wow. He's literally a TikTok. Did you look Trevor up? I did not look Trevor <laughs> up. I don't know. Do we know like a full name for Trevor? <laughs> well, uh, TikTok person. I, uh, uh, anyway, I will definitely uh, Bluetooth drop these, airdrop these to you so that you can, you can do what you want yeah. to Man, with them. that's but the best gift we've I received didn't. so far, Grace. Well, yes. it's better than Alan Ever. Green. I mean, he just showed up. Yeah. Coach Alan Green just showed up with his state championship <laughs> ring. and He didn't get uh, fried squash either like I did. So I feel he pretty... Yeah. I feel pretty too. I feel pretty, uh, pretty honored to nice. be here. So... That's what I wanted to bring to the show. Some gifts Love you it. can do Love with it. you do with what you want there. Yep, we will put I them into like play with every podcast. You've got yes. some things now to to rotate if you want to do like a bumper. You yes. got a couple of bumpers there. <laughs> yes. Hi, I'm Trevor. So I'm a TikTok person. Oh my gosh, you're listening to Gen Divide. Yes, oh. fantastic. We need more TikTok persons. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I had in terms of bringing gifts. Are we ready just to get into discussing? Definitely. Now, yeah. though, I'm kind of wondering if we shouldn't have just had you on for a Cameo podcast, probably, right. and just sat here <laughs> yeah. and had well, fun with Cameo. Here's, here's the other thing, and I didn't follow up on this. I was going to have Coach Allen Green be the fourth Cameo, Ooh. and I, 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 he's on vacation right now, so I really didn't want to like yeah. bother him too much. And yeah. 
he was busy over the weekend, but uh, well, you did outstanding. Thanks. That's well, greatness. I, I hope that we're driving viewers to Trevor, TikTok person, and mm-hmm. to Rye Bread's account. When things return to normal and we can all go to Rangers games, I can't wait to track down Emily <laughs> and say, "Hey, here's hey. Grace, and I'm her grandfather, Scott." <laughs> we're this from is, Gen Divide. This yeah. is even though there's 26 years of difference between us. Yes, it's very uh, odd. Could happen. She Could happen. Uh, she really brought it though in a, in in a way that only professional broadcasters oh, yeah. can bring. No it. doubt, mm-hmm. no doubt, outstanding. So uh, I did have one thing before we got into the movie. Okay, and it's a discussion point. Are we ready just to start start talking shop? Yep, let's yep. do it. So the big thing is, um, real big interest I have here is is that it's probably going to be a little while till things return back to normal with coronavirus. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, I enjoy the most is going to the movies. So I asked some people this weekend, and I think it's a good gen divide question to start us off to get the ball rolling, is if movie theaters go bankrupt and they're very few and far between, will you miss going to the movies? Because I asked Ainsley and I asked Ellie. Ellie said no. She said you can do... You can you can toss those movies right out. Ainsley mm-hmm. said yes because she's my child. Yep, mm-hmm. and she would be disowned if she said anything different. So, <laughs> are you posing it to us? I'm posing it to you guys for okay. a discussion, a gen divide specific yes. discussion. I feel like we're on the same answer. Grace, you go first. For me, it would be no. I was um, wrong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did not expect that answer. Uh. Go ahead. Why not? I mean, I don't know. I've never really liked it that much. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of fun to be in the theater, but at the same time, you can kind of get the same effect from your living room. Can and you? I think I have the discipline needed to not pick up my phone or go on a phone call. She does. She's the like, only one yeah. in our family with that discipline. When you're watching like a movie on TV. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Her f- so you're you're not reaching to get that. She invests. No, I'm not checking Instagram. So, yeah, I can't even do that at home. I can't. I'll say this. I, I would miss it only since the introduction or since we've been going to Alamo Drafthouse. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I'm even going to miss new movies. I'm sure there will be right. some great ones Maybe one a year, two a year, where I'm like, man, I'd love to go see that in the theater. Mm-hmm. But that has so rarely happened lately. But the thing I've really enjoyed more than anything is going and re-watching some of these older films. Like, I can tell you right now, I would be so ecstatic if Do the Right Thing were coming to Alamo Drafthouse right now. And I'd probably go watch it more than once. Right. And we went and saw Lebowski, and we've been, you know, seen several as a family with friends, with you, Derek. Do you? And I love that experience. Do you like it, introducing those movies to your kids? Oh, you yeah. Take them? We had a blast with Back to the Future, I thought. Yes. Um, it was a lot of fun to uh, to go back and rewatch those kind of movies. And there's some that, you know, do well with time. And Back to the Future is one. Oh, yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I'm since then. And even then, I'm trying to think of any new movie we saw. And I can't think of any of them. They were all on a draft house. They were old movies, you know. And that's mm-hmm. the thing I'd really started to enjoy. And I really like it there. I mean, I like the more spacious area. Uh, you're not right up next to somebody. Well, you if can you go have to drinks, so if you on. go to like a movie party, 
like they do the movie parties are oh, so yeah. much fun. You yes. know, like they get the kid, it get everybody going before the show. Yeah, get to watch the show. You know, the thing that I like about the draft house is is that they won't let anybody talk, won't let anybody be on their phone. But in those movie parties, things are a little bit relaxed because you've seen those movies 15 yes. times. Yes. So things are a little bit more relaxed, which is good because you can, you know, your kids can get into it. We all went and saw Hot Rod together. Y'all Great remember mess. that? Oh, yeah. Yes. That was an absolute blast. Uh, everybody was into it. You know, it wasn't a huge theater full of a lot of people. So, you know, you, you, know you weren't going to disrupt anybody's fun mm-hmm. if you were being loud and rowdy. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing that the draft house, that's definitely, I'll miss the draft house if the good thing about the draft house is they're by themselves, you know, so exactly. Yeah. But, and they do both and there's new stuff there too. And I'm trying to think even the only new thing I can think of we watched was Aquaman whenever that came out. Oh yeah. We that went, but we went to the draft house, fun. didn't we to watch it? So yes. it was still that was same environment. Nicole Kidman, Aquaman's mother in that or lover. I don't know who Nicole Kidman is. Oh. So. This is a true gin divide is, moment right here. Put this on the reel. <laughs> oh. I probably is, wouldn't remember anyway. She was the one that lived in the lighthouse, I think, maybe. I don't know. I really don't know. I think it was his I mom. Remember. I didn't watch the movie. Mom and or love. What, really, what I was really steering towards is, do you think anybody called, uh, do you think anybody called, um, uh, Nicole Kidman, his grandmother. <laughs> yeah. When they came out of the movie. Emily yeah. would have had issues there, probably. <laughs> probably would have had some issues. Um, so I'll miss it. I will miss that for sure. I will definitely miss it. And I definitely think there's going to be fewer movie theaters when we come back than we had, which may be necessarily, I mean, there's movie theaters everywhere. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that may not necessarily be a bad thing. I do think the draft house will be fine. But yeah. And they're one that should make it. I mean, so do yeah. you think that uh, you won't miss it because of the ability to like? There's no nostalgia wrapped up in it. Like, definitely, that's what I thought of. Like the very first thing I thought of when you asked the question, where it's like maybe you guys have nostalgia with that. Right. Like, was that a thing where you would always just go to the movies? Well, I mean, like, not to get romantic about this, but I mean, like, sometimes you go to a movie and it would be like. A religious experience, like sure. first time you saw Pulp Fiction or Saving Private Ryan or movies like that, and that happened, I think, for any generation as they went along, movies of the seventies and things of that mm-hmm. nature. But I just wonder, like this generation, with the sheer amount of content available to you guys, where you can literally new show over, new show, new show starts. You yeah. know, like yeah. yeah. Is that having that, does that, it, not devalue, but I guess kind of devalue going to the movies, does it make it just less special? Because it's not less special for somebody like me, but then, you know, I'm a movie genius, yeah. according yeah. to Jen Divide, movie, sure. movie America's genius. favorite our, new podcast. Our movie genius. <laughs> right. <laughs> One day you'll be doing a cameo as Jen Divide's movie genius. Uh, yes, well, right. I will charge more than a dollar. <laughs> yeah. There are, back to cameo, real super fast, uh, there are a lot of people on there for a dollar. Really? You to. I uh, think we're going to join it for a dollar. Why I think, not? Oh, y'all Why absolutely yeah. should. Absolutely <laughs> should. Uh, one thing that I did turn down, there was a wrestler whose name was Hog, and he was nine bucks, which was well within the price range. And he wore a, a hog mask, and he oh. talked like a hog. Oh, wow. And I couldn't really wrap my head around how to make that happen for the podcast. Like, uh, 
It was really strange. We'll figure out a way. It we'll was really strange. Of course, we'll that was that, that was right before you were like, "Hey, let's let's do do the right thing for the <laughs> podcast. Let's run this podcast straight to the ground." <laughs> yes. Oh well, I will say this: when I first thought to do the right thing, I mean, obviously the thought was the relevancy to what we're going through, but I, you know, I also think it's very much like in the realm of what we're talking about. There's a lot of very eighties type things oh. going on in this movie throughout. And, uh, I thought like, okay, at first I think I thought, all right, we'll kind of steer it that way and focus on that. Cause that's what the podcast is about. And then myself, grace and grace's youngest sister, my young, my youngest daughter, Maddie watched it <laughs> together. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and when it was over, I mean, and I knew this would happen, but when it was over, we're just all there jaw dropped, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can remember kind of trying to have a right. conversation after the movie was over, and one of us would kind of pose a question, and then everyone else is just staring straight ahead and just, you know, kind of all dumbfounded as to, this was 1989? Wait a minute. What now? Yeah. You know, and... and even. And, even Dylan, and she didn't even watch it with us. We just yeah. kind of went to where she was and started having this conversation. <laughs> she, yeah. she was just like, same as us. Yeah, definitely. So it, uh, it kind of forces you to go there, for sure, even mm -hmm. focusing on a lot of the fun 80s stuff, because that's the unfortunate thing, is that this was in the 80s, and that's the theme of this, is uh, very much what we're dealing with right now. Well, um do you uh do we want to I, I i brought some questions let's do it uh we might can one. tap into some questions and then uh you know since we're big fans of the rewatchables uh maybe we do some categories i love it i love it uh but i'd like to definitely work up to you know where we have a, a bigger conversation about um you know kind of what the over over our you know overarching theme of the movie is which yeah. i think is a very important at this uh at this juncture yep in time let's do it you lead. Um, I'm really like I'm really. I one of the things I wish I would have done was had my daughter. When you told me you your daughter, were, you know your daughters were going to watch the movie. Like I was very curious what their reaction was, and you were talking about how there was a lot of like 45 seconds of just deep <laughs> like silence. silence followed by you know kind of slowly working in, and you know. Do the Right Thing was one of those movies that, uh, you know, I talked about it being kind of like religious experience. Like, if you read some of those reviews, that's what people talked about, you know, coming out of the movie was is that it that things had definitely changed for them in terms of, you know, Spike Lee as a filmmaker, you know, looking at things differently. And that's kind of the power of art, you know. It, yep. it can change the way that you look at things, even if it's just mm -hmm. in a subtle way. So anyway, I'm very curious to see what Grace thought of the movie. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, I will admit that at first, right after the movie, it wasn't those 45-second things of silence. Um, right after the movie, I think the first thing I might have said, like Dad might have asked, so what did you think? And I think the first thing I might have said was, I didn't like it very much. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. It's a fair response. Well, yeah. I... I think it was because I went into it not knowing, like, what this movie really was supposed to be. So I was thinking, like, going through it for the majority of the time, like, what's supposed to be happening right now? It's just kind of, like, just going through the motions almost. It doesn't feel like a movie's happening. 
Like maybe it's a lot of just character development, slow kind of. This is the everyday life in the neighborhood, basically, right. yeah. is the way I took it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it was just like smaller detail yeah, things. You didn't realize, things. and I and I don't know that I did either. The I mean, there's no way I could go back and know what I was thinking the first time. But right. I can say, even in rewatching it, you're you're for me. Though that part is so entertaining and so well done, and I'm just kind of lured into it. And I'm kind of all of a sudden, like, you know, kind of, again, rekindling with all of these characters that I could remember. And right. their personalities are kind of being brought back to life in it. And it's just so well done. And I think that grace is like the, to me, that's one of the big things in the movie is just that it is just this everyday life. And there's some tensions and there's some happy stuff and there's some, you know, uh, good and bad things happening just like it would in any neighborhood throughout the day. And then it's just like fever pitch, right? Yes. Uh, what were your, and I don't want to hijack any questions you might have, but so what were your thoughts, I guess, as it's getting to that point? Um, like right up next to it as it's, I guess. Right yeah. And I, I think as the, as the last time as, when they're going in there to basically that they're boycotting Sal's that night and yeah. Raheem comes in and sets his sets his boom box down on the counter. It was just immediately I was like, this isn't going to be good. I think th- this is going to be the climax of the movie right here. And I was right. Um, I guess. Can I, can I ask, um, did you feel like the first because it's probably the first hour and 40 minutes least, of the movie yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know. It is kind of meandering. We follow Mookie to pizza deliveries. We follow <laughs> the mayor to uh, the the store to buy beer. We follow a lot of different people. And um, did you? The movie is is uh, is funny. Yeah. But like I really laughed throughout that first hour and forty minutes. Now you touched on it. There's some tension that brews or, 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 or simmers under the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a lot of clashes, a lot of arguments, things of that nature. So I guess my first question is, did you think that, did you find any of the movie funny at the first 90 minutes? I don't remember finding it funny at all. Dad, <laughs> do you, did, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I definitely was... did. I mean, and there's some real moments that always stick out. Like one of the moments for me, and I don't, I think it's funny, but it's the it's the boombox standoff when yes. Raheem comes um, up and they both just slowly yes. take their volume up. But the thing that I like had such a memory of from that scene, and I still just love this. And when I was rewatching it today, I made sure I was like paying attention to this scene. But it's when he's walking away and he throws his left arm in the air in victory. Yes. And then the little kid runs up, and he high-fives the kid, yes. just like, you know, we did it, you know? Yeah. Where is he going? <laughs> no, I think he's just he, going to look for the next battle, right? He's just walking, he's just walking around with that boombox. Yes. He's playing yeah. the same song over and over and over, which yeah. I have been guilty of, not with the boombox, but in the car, I will listen to the same song over and wow. over and over. Yeah. Maybe not now, but, like... It was a matter of convenience, too, in terms of that boombox. Oh, yeah. Because they would do, like, singles. They would, like, release singles on tape, and you could just play the same song yeah, over and over if you definitely. want to. And it was a cheaper way to, play, to, like, buy the music that you loved. You know, mm-hmm. obviously that got revolutionized with the iPod, yep. you know, where you could just spend 99 cents. But 
that was what made me laugh though in that scene. It was, mm-hmm. I just was like, "Where's he going?" Yeah, like <laughs> everything. There's a lot of that. Everything though. that's going on is basically from the tip of Sal's Pizzeria down the street. Yeah, and he was walking away from the pizzeria after the high five and victory. Yeah. So that was funny. Yeah, I really like that that scene a lot. And there's a lot of little moments like that. I mean, I really love uh, one of the other things that always stuck out to me was the um, the conversations with uh, Demare and um, what's the actress's name? Uh, uh, Ruby D's actress's Ruby name. Dee's. It's mother, mother sister. sister. Yeah, yeah, mother sister. Now they're married. Those In two real actors life, were, they're married. They were married. They were, and they both passed. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so too. Um, and I love their first interaction, and then kind of how that comes right. around over time. I love the way Ossie Davis kind of tips right. his hat every time he leaves. <laughs> right. Those were all things that really uh, stuck out. One of the other things that really uh, I, I had a vivid memory of, and it's kind of one of the early tensions is in the film, is when um, the mayor gets into kind of the argument or confrontation with Martin Lawrence and that crew. Right. And that one dude just starts unleashing on right. him, you know, about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then DeMare kind of bucks back, you know, with right. until you've been in my, my shoes, shoes kind right. of. Um, and I, I had a vivid memory of that as well. Like just being like, ah, like one of those early, sure. slightly uncomfortable sure. moments, but in the grand scheme of the movie, it's just like, ah, it's just normal everyday arguments. Uh, you know? Could we, uh, do we agree uh, that, that he is, that DeMayer is definitely the heart and soul of the oh, movie? Oh, definitely. Yes. Definitely. He's yes. the heart and soul of that street uh, in the way that Mookie is kind of the connective tissue that kind of drives all the stories. If, yes. if there mm-hmm. are stories in this, you know, Without a doubt, he's the connective piece for every every asset in the movie. I mean, it's all kind of driven and surrounded by surrounded by Mookie. And I think, you know, to me, like I was thinking about this today too, is Raheem, especially given the, you know, his end in the movie is very much like like the whole love hate thing. I went back and yeah. watched that a few times just separately and I kinda thought about trying to pull the audio and play it here. Um with the rings, but man, I mean, the thing that sticks is kind of when he puts his hands together right. and he says static. Right. Right. And, and I mean, that's to me, that's the, that's the theme. That's the movie right, right. there. And, uh, and he's kind of the, just, he kind of represents that overarching theme of the entire movie. To right. Me. Everything mm-hmm. about Raheem does. Um, well, and, a lot of, a lot of the characters in the movie are wrestling with love and hate, uh, yes. for a variety of reasons. Uh, their financial situation, the you, you know Ro, uh, uh, Rosie Perez, uh, Mookie is an absent father, and she can't ever lock mm-hmm. him down. Yeah, uh, there are things like that where everybody's struggling to kind of tame that beast within them. There's that one famous scene where each ethnicity group gets to basically throw oh, out gosh. every stereotypical <laughs> slang. <laughs> You know, thing (laughs) about another, and it just keeps going on and on. And you know, that scene is is funny on its deal, but it's extremely like uncomfortable. It is, you know, in the same beat. I mean, I don't think I don't think Spike Lee put that in there for it not to be laughed at, but also to be thought about. Oh no, no doubt considered. But um, the one thing that I like, though, uh, back to that scene that we were just talking about is. That's a conversation between Mookie and Radio Rahim. 
and the camera is off to the side when that scene starts, and then the camera rotates takes and takes Spike's yeah. place and takes Mookie's place, and then he talks directly in the camera, and that happens quite a bit. And I think that that little directorial flourish, if you will, is important because – he he's talking to us, yes. right? Radio yes. Raheem is talking to us. When somebody yes. gets in front of the camera like that, they're talking to the audience. Yeah. You know, they're they're breaking that fourth wall without breaking that fourth wall, so to speak. You know, where they're like, like in a Scorsese movie, DiCaprio might just be talking to a character and then turn to the camera and act as if he's talking to the camera. You know yes. what I mean? Like talking to us. So yep. I think that that the flourishes, like the vibrancy of the movie, the color of the movie, um, the way that Spike Lee directs the movie I think is really important to what happens at the end and the impact that that whole last scene has. Oh yeah. So. No doubt. So, um, I, you know, one of the other things I was thinking about a lot with this, with this movie is kind of the, the funny spots. And one of the other ones that's a tension spot, but also has a lot of humor is when bugging out has his shoe run over by Larry bird fan, <laughs> Just that entire scene is right. greatness, and, but it also is one of those early tension. Whereas Demare didn't have that that confrontation didn't have any humor to it. It, it was, really just yeah. cuts deep. It was just uncomfortable. It gets really uncomfortable. But the one with the with the guy on the, on the bike and the Celtics jersey, and then they scream, "Go back to Massachusetts!" You know, <laughs> and then he tells them that he's from, <laughs> from where Brooklyn. from there. Yes, and, they, and it's just uh, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of rat a tat tat scenes yes. with, that always end with a good joke. You yeah. know, and I think that that was like that kind of humor. You know, kind of infuses the movie, and then it also. You know, as we get further along, we care so much about some of these characters, you know, oh, yeah. and I think that that's an important reason why. Yeah, but no doubt. Uh, I do have some questions that we can continue kind of the Let's comedy yeah. uh, of okay. the deal. So one of the questions I think we need to answer is, are the open is the opening credit sequence the best or the worst scene opening credit sequence ever in a movie? Okay. I'll take this one. Do you do you want to set up what happens in the opening sequence? <laughs> okay, so we open, and it's just <laughs> someone dancing. And I, I does it switch people or does it no. just switch places sometimes? I think she switch switches outfits. Yes, but, but it's okay. it's Rosie Perez, Mookie's uh, baby mama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so she's just dancing. While the song goes, the credits are rolling, and how I think it's like four minutes it's, long. It's four minutes, Five, I think. It's Five? it's four minutes long. Okay. Oh. Or or Seems yeah, like I mean it's, it's it's a long it's time. It's a while. It, it's a while. Enough for us to tell several like <laughs> have a full conversation in yeah. this. Mm -hmm. And I threw down the gauntlet to you at one point, <laughs> right? He, I think I offered you oh. a sum of money if oh, you yes. could. <laughs> Perfectly clone Rosie Perez's dance moves. But the problem is, Derek, this was like 45 seconds in. So then it just keeps going and it keeps going. Do it, how long, if you could, like, the first minute of dancing, how long would it take you to learn the first minute of dancing? You're looking at me, and it yeah, would take right. 48 I, years. Well, probably. she said no, so I'm wow. looking at you to see, like, do you think you could get it down in a week? Oh, man. I think, yes. I think the beginning of it is doable, especially for, like, Grace, probably. The part that gets really difficult, I think, is when she does get on the boxing outfit. 
she starts doing a lot of moves that aren't even within the rhythm of the music playing. Yeah. Like you would so just you have wouldn't... to somehow remember these very jagged, you know, yeah. sharp movements that don't really even go to the music. Uh, yeah, so I wonder if they like choreographed it knowing the music or they just I would love to know that. Her... Do you know the answer? I to watched this? an interview with her last night. She said it was an 8-hour day. Oh, she said she got goodness. tennis elbow from throwing all the elbows. Oh, and if you've watched gosh. the sequence, you can tell like she's going to town, <laughs> punching the air and doing all that other stuff. So uh, she said, uh, and then I watched the interview with Spike Lee. He said that there at the tail end, she was like, I'm done. Like, I can't do oh. anymore. But she danced eight hours, basically eight, eight hours, hours straight. And just Spike Lee said she gave everything, every take. And you, you mm-hmm. can tell, like, the camera's not static. They, yeah. they move around, and they're swirling, mm-hmm. but they're in front of a projection screen, and he's projecting, like, images from Brooklyn neighborhoods. Exactly, yeah. So, but uh, it's not, once you watch the movie, it's not a scene you'll ever forget. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. The beginning of that Because it just goes. It does just keep going. It goes. And the dancing becomes even, like, more violent. And you know what I mean? It almost kind of <laughs> yeah. takes on the similar flow of the movie in that it it starts <laughs> off and she's doing dance moves like, okay, I get that okay. dance move. But then at the end when she's – it's almost shot from her side and she's throwing double punches. Yes. And she's kind of going out of the rhythm of the music. Yes. And that that is uh, – it's phenomenal though. I, I caught myself also – that Wanting was to de- learn it? Well, no, but today when I kind of was going back over it and almost, you know, playing in the background again, I focused <laughs> intently on that entire intro because I was wow. just amazed. And especially now, because I did think, <sighs> to me, I was sitting there thinking like, this is five minutes and I guarantee you it took her four hours to get this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now to know it took her an entire day. Yeah. I mean, she give said- her an Oscar. She said that people still come up to her and ask her about that sequence. Oh, yeah. Like, it's still very iconic 31 years later. Does yes. she still know it? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a great Does question. Still Let's replicated? get Rosie on the cast yes. here. Okay. Well, after Rye Bread, of course. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so best or worst sequence ever? Vote. Uh, I say best. I'll say best. Best sequence? Yeah, best. best. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah. Unanimous. No okay, another quick question. How long do you think 20D batteries last in Radio Raheem's boombox? This, real quick, this brings up another one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, is not when Raheem's going into the store to get the batteries, but when it first starts powering down. Yes. If you watch his body mimics the, like, it's almost like his shoulders slump and he starts powering down as Mm -hmm. it goes wrong. Yes. Yes. And that is so awesome. I love watching <laughs> that, that scene. That and it's great. like he's kind of bewildered. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. Come and on. Then, uh, and then the scene of him getting the batteries. The really great moment in that is when they cuss back at him. They yes. say something really aggressive yes. back at him. And he kind of acknowledges, like, okay, I like you. You know, this right. is, I'm, I get it. Right. You know, and, and then, then he goes right back into it, Adam. And then, too, when, uh, not to dive in the, you know, too far into the ending, but I was really moved by, he's the last one, the Korean, uh, uh, bodega store owner. He's the last one that races after the police car. Yeah. When it's going down the street, when they're taking Raheem out. Okay. Of the neighborhood. I didn't catch that. He has yeah. like the broom and, or a bat and he's, he's the last one to go and hit the cop okay. car out of the, out wow. of the deal. So like they, there's some connective tissue between those two, like that whole deal. Yeah. 
And then what happens after, which is he defends his store, and yes. people are like, "You're okay." And, yeah. But uh, I, I didn't. I did look up to see how much twenty D batteries would cost <laughs> in New York in 1989. In ni- now? well, uh, now okay, uh, it's not still not cheap now, <laughs> no. but uh, uh, you know, like how long do you think that that would last in a boombox? I'm gonna guess. You think he gets a day out of that? Oh yeah, I would think, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not really that sure. I'm gonna. I'd get, I was going to say 20 hours off the top of my head, but I don't know. Mm. He plays it all day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Fight so, the Power by Public Enemy, so you know that drains even... That that requires so much more. He's got to have Flavor Flav's involved. He's got to have it like 80% volume yeah. just throughout yeah. the day. Well, you remember because he bumps it up in the boombox off that he has. and goes to uh-huh. a whole new level, but... I have uh, mm-hmm. one more okay. uh, uh, pretty good question. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson plays the DJ. Yes. Mr. Senior Love Daddy, I wake believe up, is his Wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. you wake up, you wake. Is this the longest DJ shift in the in the history of DJing? He's there, we assume, 24 hours, right? Well, yes. And he also says in the opening thing, he says like something about like he's the uh, first strong man of the radio, which I kind of take that to mean like, to mean like he's all day. I'm going to be there all yeah. day. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah. going to have Mookie bring him some calzones at some well, point, he, but he, he's not ever going to leave. He had a chicken parm sandwich. Yeah, the only chi- thing that's he right. ate. <laughs> but I felt like if anybody uh, did that for – like at the end, he's literally like yes. standing there in shorts, no shirt, yeah. and just seems insane. Like he hasn't slept <laughs> – he just seems crazy at the yeah. end. I would think that that would be a normal reaction no doubt. to a 24-hour DJ shift. Well, and I also think with him, too, like one of the things I thought is – and one, this, one thing that's so well done in this is you can feel the heat, the temperature heat in this movie. Oh, God, yes. The entire time. Like yes. from the very Gosh. beginning, Grace, we were commenting on where's yeah. the – why? <laughs> oh. Like I feel hot. We're in our living room. It's 70 right. degrees right now, and I'm hot watching this. But I had the sense that – his studio is definitely air conditioned. I mean, you could tell right. every time it went yeah. to him, yes. he was comfortable. And I'm like, man, that's yeah. that's the spot. Everyone I, needs to be senior love. I daddy. believe that I read that the interiors were done in a studio that they built those sets. Oh, really? And then like the exteriors and stuff were on the street, yeah, you know, so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. uh, He's anyway. great. He's, He's great. great. That He's whole incredible. opening sequence is great. The chill out sequence yes. is great. That comes right after the uh, just flow of uh, yeah. derogatory. The music is such an important part of, and the DJ was really like, not to borrow it again, but the heart and soul of music back then oh, because yeah. DJs were celebrities, you know. Yep. You know, so on and so forth. But anyway. Um, I did have some deeper questions. Uh, are we ready to get into deeper questions? Are we ready to transition? You one, got more? One thi- well, just one I little thing. I have one thing, too. Yes. Okay. I'll go first. That way you can end it. Okay. Senior Love Daddy is one of the characters to me that stood out in these last two times of rewatching it as kind of my favorite. And just in terms of how fun that character was throughout the day and kind of how he's, like, you know, bringing – uh, happiness to everyone via music. And one of the character, like I'd have the question, was there any character that did not age well for you? 
And I don't even know this character's name. I know the actor, and that's probably going to give it away. But it's Martin Lawrence's character. He decided to adopt a weird voice. (laughs) Yes, it's a very weird speech impediment that I don't think... And I guess it's after you know Martin Lawrence carrying on as a bad boy with Will Smith and Martin and all that stuff. It just, that didn't, like the entire time, I was just like, this doesn't work anymore. This is the one, one of the few things that to me, it just didn't work anymore. He's oddly, uh, he oddly stands out. Yeah, he Uh, does. I agree. And he goes from, within this movie, and again, 1989, he goes from probably, you know, obviously just kind of a minor actor in a movie like like this to being a a big, big Hollywood star. Right after that. So it probably makes sense. But there's guys like Samuel Jackson that probably also f- much more progressed their career and became right. bigger stars. But this fits right into what you think of with Samuel Jackson well, like, still. For like Grace's generation, you know, if they're big into Marvel movies, I mean, they would know who Sam Jackson is. You oh, know? Yeah. I mean, he was yes. that guy in the late 80s, early 90s. And then he has transformed into – he was in Jurassic Park. He was in Star Wars. Now he's in Marvel movies. It's like – just, you know, yeah, big. Did you immediately recognize when he started talking? You were like, "Oh, that's Nick Fury," or you know? Yes. Well, I think it, I just know him as uh, Samuel L. Jackson. I, I I don't know why. I don't know how I really know who he is. I feel like well, he's de- on commercials, that? and I mean, well, that's he's, true. That's he's true. everywhere. I yeah. think. What was yeah, the movies just we just those... watched? Um, where it's Bruce Willis versus the dude with 21 personalities or whatever, and he's oh, the um, overarching... Uh, Glass. Glass, yeah. And he was obviously a big character in that. Right. Uh, that's the most recent thing, I think, that we all sat down and watched. I didn't watch that you one. You didn't? I thought it was going to be too scary, so yeah. I didn't watch it. Well, good call. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> good call. Um... Do we want to do categories and then come back to the serious questions? Yeah, let's do, do categories. Want, do you want to end with that? Okay. Now, what do you think? <laughs> categories or categories are more fun. Let's end with. Let's do the serious and end on a fun. Okay. How about that? Okay. 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 So, one of the things that I read, and I tried not to read too much, but one of the things that I read was. <laughs> Well, I'm talking about before I watched the movie. I wanted to be. I wanted oh, to go in. Okay. I wanted to go okay. in clean, where it was yes. just my thoughts. Okay. Sorry. I try not to read too much. Uh, one of the things was um, okay. So the riot starts basically when Mookie throws the trash can through the window. Yep. Yeah. He's the trigger, and everybody goes into South Pizzeria and, and, and tears it down. There are two divergent lines of thought as to why he did that. One is that he's angry. He's mad. The second is that he's trying to save Sal. I thought this was an interesting theory. Yeah. That he is uh, trying to save Sal from being killed by the, by the mob, basically, or by the group. Yeah. You know, the angry group. That's, you know, that's left over. Yeah. And, you know, DeMayer basically, once that happens, takes that cue, pulls the three, pulls him and his sons out of the way. Yeah. And they, and the anger is directed at the store. So I was kind of curious as to what you thought, both of you, what you thought about his intentions or his mindset when he throws a trash can into the window. Um, I just thought it was uh, just anger. That had been building up throughout the movie, probably. 
and it was just like anger and the feeling of knowing that he's been mistreated and his friend was just killed and probably nothing is going to happen from that. So yeah. he's just angry. So he throws the trash can. Didn't we watch like a a video where someone brought up that theory and Spike Lee said, yeah, something along the line. Yeah, we her? did see an interview with Spike and, and that I would agree with grace completely. My thought was, and, and I think what mine goes back to is there's this scene uh, before he picks up the trash can where his hands come up over his eyes and it's almost like a slow motion. He wipes down over his face Yeah, that and the scene of when everyone's yelling, he, there's like this slow motion look and he's kind of just really like almost tired eyes is the way I describe it. And yeah. he looks back over his shoulder at, at Sal and, and, and uh, the brothers, I think they're still in front of the building at that point. And like, to me, those two scenes told me like he had been pushed over the edge. He had been pushed to a point of right. where he was the connective thread. Right. Like you said, uh, he knew that, you know, more than likely this was not going to end well, regardless. I don't, I don't, you know, and I think he kind of discounted it too. So that may be, you know, impacting my thought on it, but I, you know, even in the moment, I don't think I've ever thought that that was a valid theory, Right. you know, like he was trying to protect. So y'all watched the interview here. He was like, no, that's not the case. Yes. Yeah. I think he basically just It does seem far fetched. It does. And there's not really anything in the movie before that sets it up. Um, other than the fact that Sal told him that he tr- that he would always have a place at the yes. pizzeria, mm-hmm. and that he he felt like he was a son. Yes, he was like a son. And it's not necessarily too. I don't feel like even in that scene, like it was necessarily taken by Mookie as a you know reciprocated or anything like that. Like, oh yeah, I've always thought of you as a father. You know what I mean? There's no feeling of that. Well, especially when you consider the scene with the sister. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's a key uh, moment leading into that. Right. And that his one of the final moments he has kind of having to deal with, with Sal is him feeling this threat probably towards right. his sister. Uh, and then kind of, you know, how he goes forward with that and confronts her, pulls her out, and then confronts him as well. But... Well, then also, then after everything's every, after everything's done, the fire's out, what have you, and they have that scene in front of the pizzeria, and there's a little bit, there's, Danny Aiello was fantastic <laughs> yes. in this movie, but he, there's a, there's a, a real, a moment of heartbreak for him when he's like, where are you going? Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. And basically he's asking Mookie that because he doesn't know the answer himself. Yes. I come to this pizzeria day in, day out for the last 25 years. It's been my life. It gives me structure. And Mookie's just like, I'm going to go find, make I'm going to go money. get, I'm going to go make more money. Yeah. I'm going to go get paid. Mm-hmm. And Mookie kind of knows who he is without Sal and Sal doesn't know who he is without that pizzeria. So it was really heartbreaking that last scene. He's angry. He throws the money at his chest and whatnot. And, but there's also some heartbreak there between the two because there is a mentor mentee. There is, there is affection there between, I feel like there's affection there between the two of them. You know, Mm -hmm. Mookie never gets really angry or upset when he gets jawed at. Like he's always, uh, he always takes things in stride with yep. when Sal insults him or even when Pino or, you know, and then he's really good friends with the youngest son. So 
I thought that that last scene was like that last scene really tore me up. Oh man, going yeah, into so well everything that happened before it, but yeah. And I think to me, Sal is like um, kind of diving into the relationship more. And I think this is also apparent in some other uh, scenes with Sal that are key. Is he? He. I mean, this is going to sound bad, but he thinks it. I guess he thinks he plays a bigger role in the relationships than the other people do. Right. You know what I mean? Like the the uh, with his son in the scene where the son's trying to persuade him to sell it, Smiley interrupts kind of, and that just becomes a very confrontational scene as well. But even there, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm not saying that the son had any right, you know, or, or was going down the right path either by any means. Uh, but it was just a very like, like one of the lines I believe is something like, you think you know what's best for this family or you right. think you know what's best for us or whatever. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of that, like just the elder, you know right. what I mean? Well, definitely, I'd like to talk about that scene a little bit later because I got it in one of the categories. Because okay. I think it's contender for the best scene in the movie. Yeah. Okay. One take. Both those actors are shooting, you know, they're firing fastballs at each other. Yes. It's a really great scene that kind of I is definitely want to talk about at that the as well. soul of the movie. But okay. um, another big question that I had was, do you feel like Mookie is a good person? He's not necessarily the heart and soul, but we all agree that he's a connective tissue in this movie. Um, Do you think that Mookie is... I don't necessarily think he's like an anti-hero, per se. No. Mm -hmm. It's a really... When you think... When you watch the movie, it's really interesting that Spike wrote this role for himself. Really didn't... Like, he's not a... Doesn't really come off as a great person in this no, deal. No. no. So like, I'm very interested, like where the what the frame of mind was there, because obviously you are torn between how you necessarily feel about him, but he also anything that happens in the movie that's important happens because of Mookie. Yes. As far as is he a good person? I don't think he's. You know, I think he's struggling with the love hate thing that that is, you know, evident in his conversation with with Raheem, as is with every character in in the movie. I think at the core of Mookie, though, is good. I I definitely think that whereas there's other characters you don't feel that way with. Uh, I feel like at the core of Mookie, it's good. Uh, He's, you know, a young man. He's got a, a child. He's you know, struggling, uh, to kind of keep that afloat and keep the relationship with that, uh, the child's mother afloat, obviously. Uh, but I think there's so many scenes within the movie that portray him as at, at the bottom of it, for sure. It's all good. Uh, and I think as with any good person can be pushed, pushed to their, you know, if you want to, you know, go to that final scene of throwing the trash can through the window, there, any person can be pushed to that level, I think, you know, and I think a lot of people probably think like, oh, why would you do that? That does no good. Well, it doesn't matter. If you're in the heat of the moment and you've been pushed to a point where you feel like that's the only way you're going to get any type of reaction uh, or any type of resolution or anything, then, I mean, we can't put ourselves in that spot. So I think he's as good as probably almost any character in the in the movie sure. uh with the exception i mean i think at the at the um core of it obviously demare is very 
uh, a good there, person at his heart. There's definitely it is definitely a movie of human beings. Sure. It's not mm-hmm. no one. There's no and heroes. I think that's well, not necessarily that, but there's definitely no. Um, um, there's nobody that doesn't have flaws. I mean, yeah. they, it, everybody in the movie is flawed in some oh, yeah. way, but they're also clearly defined, which I thought is one of the reasons why I think the movie's so special is no that doubt. every character, maybe with the exception of Martin Lawrence and his uh, uh, lisp or whatever yep. strange thing he decided to do, I think everybody's really clearly defined in the movie. And we haven't really touched on the race element. I know we're about to get there, but I think that also kind of feeds into what Mookie's going through at the end, that he feels marginalized. Uh, he's felt marginalized pretty much throughout his life in some form or fashion, you know, definitely throughout the day, you know, so that kind of fuels the decisions he makes at the end. But yeah. What do you yeah. think, Grace? Um, I think that what you guys have said brings up an interesting point. As With Mookie as the main character, I think that was a just – a, a very interesting choice to take because the whole movie, I, I would look at him and it was like, you said the tired eyes. That's how I felt. That's how I saw him the whole movie. It was just like, maybe he doesn't really care or he's just like so tired that he just comes off that way. And so compared to like that group of three or four people, like the girl and then the guys who are always kind of yelling, maybe, um, I don't know. You know who names. I'm talking? Yeah, I know. I don't, it's Martin Lawrence and those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know their names, but yeah. Um, I mean, you would think that based on how we've seen everyone throughout the movie, that they would maybe be the ones to like throw a trash can or something. But having it be Mookie, I think that it really shows like how much he cares. Oh, and yeah. If he, is, he is a good person. And... That it really was just like a very big breaking point right there. Oh yeah, and I well, and I think that brings up a good point. The tired eyes thing throughout the whole movie, it is there, and I think to me that kind of is when you are that connective thread slash peacemaker all the time. I mean, and that's very uh, apparent from the very first time bugging out gets kicked down a sow's, uh, and then I mean, even when. Um, they had already closed, and they come to the door to get in for four more slices, which really, think about it. Sal says no. None of this happens. Yeah. That night yeah. ends with all right. of them going home, but Sal says mm-hmm. they love my pizza. Let right. them in. Mm-hmm. Mookie's pissed that we're having to open the door. He says, we're uh, trying yeah. to go home. We're trying to go yeah. home. Yes. And, uh, but, yeah, I, I think just being that connective thread slash – peacemaker, peacekeeper, whatever he kind of was. I mean, that's tiresome. Well, I think mm-hmm. like if you go if you look at it too from um what we're going through right now standpoint and and things that have happened, uh it's these weird small twists of fate for individuals like Radio Rahim in the movie, Eric Gardner in New York, and then now uh George Floyd in Minneapolis. It's yep. it's um there are these little twists of fate that led uh, them to be put in that situation, and then decisions were made that cost them their lives. Yeah, and that's um, it's an incredibly tough thing to see when you start to boil it down. That, like, just from the movie, you know, it's like you said, there was no reason for Radio Rahim to die. No, uh, 
it was obvious that they were killing him, that the police were killing him. Yeah. That the, specifically Gary. Specifically Gary. I mean, it does a very interesting, like, I, I really rewatched that scene, as I told you, as I was kind of about to leave for the day. That scene was coming on, so I was fully focused on it again. And I, the the dialogue or whatever between Gary and the other police officer, who I have no idea what his name is, right. but it was Danny's son, from what I've now right. understood in real life, I mean. Yeah. Um, but, and it's like, uh, that officer is saying, Gary, stop. Yes. And I, he says something like, shut the F up, or right. whatever. And right. then he continues yeah. to right. strangle the life out of Raheem. And uh, that, you know... I don't know that that uh, that even struggle there between those officers is so interesting, right? You know, and exactly what we're going through with George Floyd right now. Right. And as we, if you watch that tape of what happened there, uh, and I I don't know even if there is a I wish I knew the other officer's name Gary and whatever his partner's right. name was, but there was not even that is what it feels like in this George right. Floyd situation. Like, hey, this is enough. Get off. You know. Uh, and I think that's further well, enraging have, it, right? To have three officers stand by over the course of almost nine minutes and for him to, yes. you know, the, the for him to call out the fact that he can't breathe, for him to call out for his mother who had died two years before that, that's, when I see the video, that's what gets me. When he's calling out for his mother who had, who had passed, he genuinely feels like he's about to die. And oh, yeah. that's so tragic uh to me and so unnecessary and i think that it's so hard not to empathize or understand i know things of with the with the protests i know things there was looting and things like that but the the central message for all of it um is the thing that this was avoidable why do we continue to do this to black people in this country and that's the question that is asked in this movie is why was this necessary? Why did this have to happen? Um, all good art, all good movies. The thing that I really love when I come out of a movie is if I am more empathetic for somebody that I did not know sure. prior to watching this movie. So what happens is is that sometimes movies like this get characterized or stereotyped and pe- the people that need to see these movies the most are the people that don't see these movies because they think that it's just quote unquote a black movie yeah. or it's quote unquote a gang movie or it's quote unquote something whatever label you want to put on it and the way that we develop empathy for other people is that we put ourselves in their shoes. And the way that we put ourselves in their shoes is we see their experiences in life, whether it be through a documentary, whether it be through a television show, whether it be through a movie. So the reason that this movie is still relevant is because we have experienced or we have seen this happen. And I hope that out of anything that the lessons that Spike was trying to scream from the mountaintop 30 years ago start to resonate uh, with more people. And I think that that's hopeful. It's not ever going to be something that a a switch can be flipped and things are going to be okay. Uh, But to me, that's the importance of art. That's why we're sitting here talking about it. And that's why more movies like this need to be made. And hopefully that will continue to happen. So I think that the movie is a masterpiece I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite Spike movie, but 
man, it really hit me in places that I didn't expect last night. So, yeah, it, and so well put, Derek. I mean, I think you nailed nailed it. Um, and I think the thing that we we left the movie with, and I feel like it was pretty shortly after just that initial conversation, Grace. And I, I remember we'd gone into y'all's room and we were kind of talking about, I think the thing that just kept, like we kept uttering was like, we're 31 years after this. Yes. And so much more and so many other instances that have happened since. And then we know that this one was uh, the, the kind of that, that moment was based off of something from 1983, I believe. And, 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 just the fact that it still hasn't really been corrected or fixed, and um, it's just such a, a relevant piece because of that. It's so well done. You're right. I think anytime a movie, you get out of a movie, and you are just absolutely trapped in thought and thinking about uh, the consequences of of our actions, good and bad, and and thinking about just really moral issues like what we're faced here now and obviously what was faced in the movie. I mean, that, that makes great art and makes a great movie. Um, so, really well put. Um, not to segue, uh, uh, but I feel like I just pulled my hamstring sitting in this chair. Oh, no. I don't know what happened. Oh. But uh, anyway, oh, uh, I, it's your first podcast injury on uh, the podcast. Mm. Yeah, uh, we don't have our insurance. Really quick... Um, <laughs> I uh Spike Lee's got a new movie coming out this week on yep. Netflix which is um I'm really excited about. Um one thing that I was wanting to like quickly talk about, we don't have to dwell on it, but one of the things I'm really interested to hear Grace maybe talk about is like the fact that one of the big gen divide things is the amount of content, like quality over content like are you happy or excited when new things come out on Netflix? Has that dulled or stopped for you in any way? Because mm-hmm. I don't think it stopped for my daughter. I think that she's locked and loaded. When any time mm-hmm. Netflix comes out with a new show, she's ready to go. Um, no. Normally, for me to get really excited about something, it has to like, it would have to have a big like reputation or like people talk about it a lot. Anyways, like Fuller House, I think. Netflix is doing the one doing that, right? right? I get super excited whenever a new season of that is coming out. But even though I didn't really watch Full House that much, but I just really got hooked on Fuller House anyways. Um, but most shows that Netflix come out with, it, I think most go over my head. Right. Yeah. Well, the curiosity I have, and I'm going to tie it back to the movie, is when you see things like this, and we've talked about the fact that this is definitely at a slower pace. It's definitely not, even though maybe the topic is modern, the show, the movie itself, you know, is not at a faster pace like most shows that you see, you know, maybe on Netflix or things like that. Mm-hmm. But that little divide between the two is really fascinating to me at this point in time. I was just kind of curious, like, I think like people would start to get more, you know, discretionary based upon, you know, the more things that come out. But yeah, uh, I just wonder in like 20 years, if Grace is having this conversation, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or 30 years with her granddaughter, uh, since you're her (laughs) grandfather, uh, if, 
you know, just the, the if we're if all movies are just from Netflix and Amazon, yeah, basically, <laughs> because like these, like I don't think Do the Right Thing gets made today. No, you know, it doesn't get necessarily made by Netflix. It's, it's definitely different, and 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 again, I wouldn't change a thing about it. But I thought about that today too, kind of going down the same avenue right. is. If Spike Lee had to make this in 2020, what would change? And I kind of thought, do you almost start with that scene and almost do like a weird Pulp Fiction out of order type of thing? So that they don't turn off. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And kind of have little developmental pieces in between, but you really kind of keep it flowing, you know, unfortunately with all the confrontation and negative stuff. Well, you know, his first movie is now a show on Netflix. No, I didn't. He has, they have. Basically taking the premise and made a, and it was from 1986 and it's a show on Netflix now. Really? Hmm. So it's like, it's like, it's, that's the thing is like, let's say this is a. Is that She's Gotta Have It? What was his first? She's Gotta Have It. And what is the Netflix show? I think it's She's Gotta Have It. He's in it. I think, I think it's like second season right now. I have not seen that at all. I haven't either. Me either. Me either. Um, But no, I was, you know, that was one of the questions I had on here and I didn't want to, but it was just, could this movie get made? Today, one of the questions I have for the movie Genius, and I've and I've and I've never seen uh, Spike Lee talk to this, but I'm thinking it has to be out there somewhere. Was did he was was the role of Mookie ever up for other people, or w- did he write that with "I will be Mookie"? Everything I read in that diary that he wrote, it's it's and he was really concerned about um, not being Morris Blackman from yeah. the. You know, that ended up being in the Jordan commercials and sure. things like he wanted it to be a distinct. He talks about like rehearsing with Danny Aiello and Aiello telling him that he needed to act a certain way and things like like tips, you know, basically. Yeah. So yeah. I, as far as I know, he had every intention. There's always no auditions, yeah. no, nothing. no nothing. It was always, always going to be him. I love that. I think that's so cool. And that's something we don't see that often, you know, where right. a director. You know, we see every once in a while these directors that almost are known for being little cameo bits, I guess, you know. But for him to take the lead role in the movie, and especially when that lead role was going to be where we, you know, 31 years later, we're asking the question, was was Mookie a good person or did Mookie do the right thing? You know what I mean? And and I kind of wonder if he knew the weight uh, of that role. And almost thought, like, I can't put this on anyone else. Or did he just think, I love this so much, I right. want it. Right. I want to be the one. Uh, he's, it, it, the main thing, I think, is he's 32 at the time. So I think he had the energy to do it. He stopped. He worked, you know, he acted in certain things a little bit. Sure. But he never, I don't think he ever really was the lead. He was more secondary moving forward. Yeah. Because he started making a lot of movies with Denzel. And... uh you know, those type of things, but he never was really front and center for any of this stuff like he was in this. When I was thinking about when we uh, talked about this movie, Grace, and we were saying that this was the movie we were going to do, and I said Spike mm-hmm. Lee directed it, one of the first things I thought to try and equate to my children who Spike Lee was right. was the Reggie Miller 30 for 30. I can't remember <laughs> what it's called, but I'm like, hey, do you remember that guy, the Knicks right. fan that was just like, right. you know, uh, really getting into it with Reggie Miller in that thirty for thirty, yes. uh, which feels sad that he is that. But right. uh, you know, in terms of things mm-hmm. that we've watched together as a family or whatever, and then of course he's also got uh, some scenes in the in the Last Dance that we we saw. But 
um, so much more than just a uh, a sideline uh, Knicks fan that is getting <laughs> right. into it with opponents. I have a few categories. Do we want to wrap up with some categories? I know we've been going yes. a long time. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, we could uh, go for hours longer. We could go for hours. We, We're going to already set the record. Do you here, guys want to like <laughs> talk about MLB labor negotiations <laughs> yeah. after this? Grace, <laughs> are you in? Okay, so five categories. All right, so the first one is what's aged the best, okay? And one thing that we didn't talk about, I really am interested to hear what Grace has to say on this. So what's aged the best? Rosie, uh, uh, Rosie Perez is dancing. Mm-hmm. I think I put Rosie Lopez. Rosie Perez is dancing at the beginning. The boombox, or when Mookie, after Mookie takes a shower, he puts on bicycle shorts under regular shorts, and they work as an accent. <laughs> Do you remember this? Oh, yeah, definitely. That was, We should have got into that in the uh, style yeah. episode or whatever, yes. you know, because yeah. that was definitely I had a completely thing. forgot, but then he showed up with the bicycle shorts under the shorts. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was curious as to what Grace thought when she saw that. So, oh, I don't, I don't really remember it. I so, go ahead. I see, um, I see biker shorts a lot, but it's more like a Chloe Kardashian type thing, right? <laughs> and she doesn't wear other shorts over it, right? I don't really like the look, but she does it a lot. Now, if I'm not mistaken, he had green like jean shorts or cloth shorts, and then he had green and yellow like Oakland A's colors underneath. Yeah, those. Yeah. He had to have done the. He had to have put that in the script because he was just tired of wearing the Jackie <laughs> yeah. Robinson jersey. He didn't want to wear it for three months, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's age the best? The dancing, the bicycle shorts, or Radio Rahim's boombox? For me, it's the dancing. It's the it's the <laughs> opening credits. I think I'm going to go with the dancing yeah. too. Yeah, me too. I mean, it is. It's probably like I think rewatching it both these last two times in the last week has been. Way more memorable. Like, it's so much more like, I feel like that's something that didn't land over the years for me. You know, I didn't recall. And, I mean, again, the fact that we were having a conversation 60 seconds into it, Grace, of do you think you can memorize all this? You said yes. And then three minutes later, I said, are you sure? Because I believe I offered you... Maybe a couple hundred bucks, but you had to have yeah. it done by 6 a.m. Right. And yes. we were watching this at like right. 9 p.m. probably. Mm-hmm. She would have been like the DJ at 6 a.m. Yeah, she'd yeah. Been, she'd been just night. loopy and <laughs> out of it. All night. Um, if that had happened, if that was a scene in a movie in 2020, like, is there any doubt that it's not uh, the number one GIF or GIF or Jive or <laughs> oh, whatever gosh. you say, <laughs> memed? Uh, yes, YouTubed, uh, TikToked, uh, whatever you want to call it. Like that thing has got to be, be, it would have been its own sensation, wouldn't it? Yes, oh, no doubt. Of course. And 100%. it should, and it should mm-hmm. be still, you know what I mean? Like right. we've never seen anything like that in terms of the mm-hmm. length and at the beginning of a movie like that, you no. know? Because at some point, it just becomes like almost like when we were watching it, because we're having this commentary <laughs> as we're going and like two, three minutes in, we're like laughing. Like, yeah. what in the world? This is amazing, <laughs> but never ending. Awesome. It is. It is awesome. Okay, so those three things. So what's aged the worst? The dancing, the bicycle shorts, or the boombox? I 
guess the bicycle shorts. I would think the bicycle yeah, shorts. Yeah, I guess the bicycle shorts. I mean, obviously the boombox is gone and no longer it's, a thing. When did the boombox die? Did you ever have like a CD player? No. No, right? I think I had one. Did you? It like had, a portable? It had like Dora on it. It wasn't portable. <laughs> it wasn't portable. There you it go. Was, like, it, was like, it was like a plug-in? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're basically so you're, you're basically saying the boombox died like 13 years ago. Yes. 12 to 13 years ago. Yeah. Or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the boombox boombox like that. Oh, you yeah. Like I mean? the monstrosity. Yes. I can remember, uh, and again, nothing like Raheem's, but my brother had a really large boombox. Yeah. And this would have been probably in that mid to did, late 80s time. Did he just play like Garth Brooks? No. Like tapes of Garth it would have been more like, uh, what, what's the band? Like uh, Duran Duran <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> like I feel like, yeah, stuff that later gave me anxiety. Did you, did you have a boombox? Um, nothing like n- my, so Raheem's is like the, you know, the grand champion of it all. Right. And my brother's got something like five right. levels down and mine was another 10 levels down. But I did have a battery powered one that I would, I have memories right. of riding my skateboard and carrying it to oh, my yeah. friend's house so that we could, when I got there, cont- continue to listen to the cassette single of whatever I happen to have, probably Michael Jackson's Thriller. Right, totally. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a quick thriller story. Okay, I, I, I feel like we hit, we're non sequiturs, yeah. but uh, so there used there. I don't know if it's still open, but there's a roller. There was a skating rink over in Decatur called Whispering Wheels. I don't know if it's still there. I think it's still there, but I think maybe it not. Is. We've been there. I don't know how long. It's so, been a while. Yeah. So that was the place that you had your birthdays. You had your birthdays at McDonald's in Decatur because they had saddles for seats. That like horse saddles, and that was like <laughs> territorial because they only had like five of them. And if you invited six people to your birthday party, that means somebody didn't get a saddle, oh. so somebody was crying. And then the <laughs> second is you would have your party at Whispering Wheels, and you would have you know skating parties. So she would play records over the deal, and it would be like she would say, uh, boys only, and boys would get to skate, she'd say, girls only. Well, for whatever reason, I would have a physical reaction to the song Thriller. It freaked me out. The, the, like the Vincent Price laughing. So one of my more traumatic experiences as a child was me going up to the lady who spoke very broken English. Sweetheart, couldn't love her more. But she couldn't understand that I was asking for her not to play Thriller. Please don't play Thriller. Oh, no. She was like, oh, you want Thriller? Okay. And like I would break out in hives. And they tease me like my friends would tease me endlessly because it would I would break out in hives and I would freak out at the laughing. Oh and it God. took me a long time to get to where I could listen to Thriller like oh, into my that teens. That is so great. This is almost like another gift. I mean, we're an hour later and right. he's still dropping gifts on right. Us here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna go get some more cameos. But yes. uh, the uh, so the bicycle shorts to bring it back the bicycle yeah. shorts definitely age the worst. Age the worst. Yeah. Okay, so we teased this earlier, but what do you think the best scene is? I've got a couple, uh, and and by best scene this can be kind of um, subjective. Okay, I've got the scene between Sal and Pino in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I've got the opening credits. I know we've given Rosie so many accolades. There's another possible one. First movie. Uh, is this her it, first? It movie? said introducing. Yeah. 
Uh, she went on a bit that. of a heater after this. Yes, she did. Uh, White Man Can't Jump, yep. not too far after this. And I think she got an Oscar nomination for Fearless, maybe. Nice. But I don't know if that's the case. Anyway, very, very. And she's still working. She's in the uh, Harley Quinn movie. Birds oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I haven't really watched good that, in that yet. We will. Um, okay, uh, opening credits. And then I uh, also had the riot scene, uh, just in terms of the, the weight, the gravity. Uh, one of the things that we hadn't talked about was when the men in the crowd start to work as kind of like a Greek chorus yes. where they start to say just like, and they start saying names and things and they all step up and they kind of act as one singular voice. Yeah. Uh, I thought that that was an incredible sequence. Um, I'm open to hearing any, anybody else's, uh, nominations. Um, I mean, as much as I love Rosie in the beginning of that, and the riot scene is by far the most alarming and just high-tension scene, mm-hmm. I think my favorite scene in terms of, like, just that... And and, and again, it's probably because it also closes it, but I would say the final scene between Mookie and Sal, right. to me, is the one yeah. that is is the one, because it kind of almost... It, 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 it ties it all together... Uh, in the for for the movie, it kind of wraps it up, but it further just introduces this, you know, that hey, we're still far apart on this, sure. and um, I mean, just oh gosh, uh, Sal Sal does such an amazing job in right. that, as does as does Mookie, um, and and you're right, just that perplexed moment of Sal has thrown five hundred dollars at him. And I think Spike throws a couple back and says, I owe you 50. It's and sitting then, on the ground. And then Sal kind of goes to, what are you going to do? Right. You know, which yeah. is almost like this. You're right. It's like first taken as, oh, he still cares. Right. But then deeper, I think, is the meaning of Sal doesn't know what he's going right. to do. You know? And, right. um, and that's what uh, Mookie talks about. You're going to be fine because you're covered by insurance. And yeah. he was like. If you think this is about money, it's not about money. Exactly. You yeah. know, this is about my way of life. And then you see the things, too, that are sprinkled out throughout the movie. He gives the money to let DeMayer sweep off because he knows it's going to – he's going to go buy beer. Yeah. Uh, he um, gives the money, to, buys the picture from Smiley after they have a little confrontation. Yeah. Like, he still takes care of everybody. Oh, yeah. Like, he feels like – um, you know, a guardian in a sense. That's why he lets the people in at the end. He's feeding them. He's nourishing them. Yeah. They grew up on his food. So the moment with him and his son, and I don't know if it's Pino or Vito. I, I get them confused. Uh, Pino, I believe is the, are you talking about Totoro? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's played by, he's Pino. Pino. Okay. That is also, uh, ranks pretty high up there. Uh, and for several reasons, even as it plays out and Pino goes out in the street before Sal comes out and rescues him, the fact you can hear Sweet Dick Willie and them across the street yes. kind of yelling. Yes. Um, uh, I think that scene is just really, really good. Grace, what's your, um, what's your favorite scene from the movie? Okay. Um, I think the scene you mentioned between Sal and Mookie at the end, that one, for me, I think that one's probably the best. But I think my favorite, DeMayer was my favorite character. Yeah. And... Um, probably any of the scenes between him and like, uh, what was her name? Was it sister? Mother sister. Mother sister. sister. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so you could, those could you really tell like, like they had a nice rapport between the two of them? Like, you know, obviously they're married, but like she 
was like a very famous Broadway actress. Like he obviously has been acting for ages and ages. Like they are just like national. Both of them are national treasures in a variety of different ways. But mm-hmm. I think like their arc was definitely the warmest and the sweetest of the movie. Did you kind yeah, of feel that way? Yes. Maybe that's why it's my favorite. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I, I love both those characters. Uh, I love all the scenes uh, with both of them for sure. And I, I would agree. That's a great, great moment for sure. Um, okay, out of all the actors and actresses that were like supporting, who was your favorite? Hmm. Um, I think Grace just gave hers. And yeah. I think I'm going to agree with Grace. I think Ozzy Davis, the yeah, mayor, the mayor, was definitely... When he came on screen, the so movie... Who is not supporting in this case? I would probably... Is Raheem supporting or is yeah, he... Yeah, I would say Raheem right, is supporting. I'll take him then. Okay. I think he's my favorite. I, I love the love-hate moment. Yeah, sure. And I love... Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. You know, just the fact that he's almost like this... He, he's kind of a calming yet very powerful, influential presence right. throughout the film. And he finally decides... You know, after his confrontation with Sal, and then he's like bugging out and gets him really riled up, and they go in there, and uh, I, I don't know, I, I, a lot of it comes back to the love hate, but I just think the fact that I view him as kind of the you could definitely backbone of you could the definitely thing. argue that out of anybody in the movie, he is definitely like Spike Lee just made a short film uh, with Radio Rahim, Eric Garner, mm-hmm. and uh, Floyd. I saw uh, that. So, and he tweeted out. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, it's uh you know he has definitely obviously lived uh, a a long second life you know because of what happens to him in the end of the movie. So and if he, if we were going to take him off the table, like if we consider him too big, because he, he's so important. Sure. Um, I mean you can't argue with Demare, but I do love Senior Love Daddy so much. <laughs> right. Just any any moment right. he's involved, and mm-hmm. a lot of that comes back to Samuel L. Jackson's delivery. Uh, and just everything about that character, though, really kind of came flooding back right. rewatching it. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, you know, your movie is only as good as the actors that you hire. And one of the things that Spike always does is hire incredible actors for all kinds of parts. And, you know, it, it, I think we're fortunate. That movie didn't cost very much money. I, I think we're fortunate that the actors that came together and played the roles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's what makes mm-hmm. the movie special. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I would like to make honorable mention bugging out. Um, did you, did she watch, did you watch Breaking Bad? No. Okay. No. I haven't watched no. Breaking Bad. Okay. No. Cause he is definitely, that's Gian, you know, Giancarlo yeah. Esposito. Yes. He has definitely become a different icon for like Breaking Bad fans and things like that. But like, sure. he's the main villain, but, uh, the, uh, um, in a very different role, in a very you different know what role, I mean? like, <laughs> but he, uh, very calm, cool. He's so he's. I think he's really funny in this movie. Yeah. Like I think he really made me laugh uh, on several occasions. Yeah, but yeah, I, I would really agree. Like the shoe, the tire running yes. over the shoe right. that we talked yes. about earlier. That was a really good scene. And I even think we get a really good glimpse at him and the way it kind of sets him up because he's clearly being kind of egged on to take further action here. And he, Mm -hmm. at some point he says, if I wasn't such a righteous man, I would whatever, you know, basically he was going to beat his ass is what he basically made it sound like. Right. Um, and 
I think that like sets him up in a very perplexing way, almost also reaching that boiling point. I mean, someone ruined your $100 Jordans. Sure. You could hold back. But at some point, it became who, a much larger issue. Who says, uh, um, did they say 100 American dollars or U.S. dollars? I'm not is there sure. something like I know $100. The way that they say $100 is different. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's a specific, it made, me, it made me laugh hard. Really? That's such a great scene. Yes. And then all of them exploding at the same time when he tells them that he's from Brooklyn. Is, that, is his sister in the movie his real sister? That I do not know. Because in one of the interviews we watched, and again, not to say this would mean they were brother-sister, but I, I feel like she was sitting next to him, and her last name was Lee as well, and I kind of wondered if, if they were brother-sister in real life. It is, uh, uh, it is his sister. Okay, awesome. Well, I mean, just outstanding from beginning to end. I really do love the movie, yeah. Grace. I hope you enjoyed it. I know your initial takeaway, and I can get that. I mean, especially listening to you, t- you talk about it afterwards, the fact that it right. was almost this smooth uh, hour and a half of just this neighborhood and no real, like, lo- like no direct plot like we're so yeah. used to in a movie now but more just character development and kind of setting the scene and starting to build tensions. And then it just explodes. Uh, and the last 30 minutes I can see like where the initial thought was just like, wow, no, that does not fit mm-hmm. into the register of what a movie is for me right, right yeah. now, you know? Uh, but just the overwhelming power of the characters and obviously just the, the 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 theme the the backbone of the movie and the fact that it's still something that we're dealing with today. So, uh, one more question: Who do you think won the movie? Mookie. You think Spike Lee? Yeah, definitely. What do you think? That's my thought. I mean, yeah, sure. When you say won the movie, like Just like or- like if the way I'm taking that is if I had to pull one guy out. And it becomes a different person, maybe an yeah. actor. Because I mean, like, yeah, you could you could say what Spike did behind the camera, or that the writing, or you could say one of the actors. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm-hmm. honestly kind of almost this... picked Ozzy Davis. Okay, almost. I mean, it's I will when you, say, sit, when you so let it well settle. It's incredible. Yes, it's yeah. incredible. Um, I was just keeping with the rewatchables. Thing. Yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So it's almost like Mookie then is separate from Spike. In this um, case, it's almost like you either take yeah. Spike the director yes, or take Spike, Spike the actor. I, I'm down with that. Uh, I guess I'll still, man. I mean, then it's. I guess it's got to be Spike the director, even though my movie, uh, you know, knowledge is not deep enough to know how great a director is. Oh, I just, think, I just yeah. know that just I think left you can it tell fe- with like feeling. his tone and you know yeah. how. Yeah. So I guess in the fact that he directed Spike the actor, right. I'll take Spike the director as the winner of sure. the, the movie. Same. Did anyone yeah, get any well, awards for this? Uh, he was nominated for screenplay, and Aiello was nominated for supporting actor, but neither one. Neither one won? No. Do you know who won Best Picture that year? It didn't get nominated. Dances with Wolves. No, close. Uh, Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> so here's your next challenge. Okay. Let's see how long Grace can last in Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> it's I don't think almost, I've ever watched that movie. It's almost unwatchable. I've never watched it oh. It's almost life. unwatchable. Um... That was like a big controversy because it didn't get nominated for Best Picture. And like, I think the movies that were nominated for Best Picture, uh, Dead Poet Society, Born on the Fourth of July, Field of Dreams, My Left Foot, Driving Miss Daisy. I've seen Field of Dreams, I think, right? You, Of course, it's mandatory in our home. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. 
Fields of Dreams, just to bring this full circle, when we were at Blockbuster not working, it was in the early, early days, it was because I would make sure Field of Dreams was playing on the TVs that were in Blockbuster <laughs> or two-day video, which is what it was before yes, that. Yes, I remember that. And uh, Amy says she has a very vivid memory of me holding uh, like 70 VHS tapes in one arm, just, just running up a line. But I'm staring up at the screen with my jaw dropped yes. during the final scene of, hey, dad, want to have a catch or whatever. And I'm like, you know, eyes are watering. Oh, There's an apparent God. lump in my throat. Right. And uh, right then she said, this is the guy I this want to spend the, the rest guy. of my life with. <laughs> I hope, sure, I hope one sure day he'll commandeer the dining room for two hours. <laughs> exactly. On a Wednesday night, talking yes. about do the right thing. No doubt. While I'm trying to eat my air fried squash. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, Derek, this was so much fun. Uh, I Thank think, you. It, it, and again, uh, it was not, I guess the, the secret is out. I did have some un, uh, influence on, on the movie. But I hope you appreciate that in the end. And that's why I've also well, just kept saying, Grace, oh, Grace gets the next pick. Grace gets the next <laughs> pick. <laughs> so, Grace, the next one's up to you. I'm sure we'll do that at some point over the nice. next couple months, maybe a couple of them before the summer's over. I'll start thinking. Yeah, definitely well, do. Before uh, we, we go, thank you guys. This was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Thank no you doubt. for all the presents. Hey, a blast. I'm, I'm really excited about the cameos. Yes. I got to be honest. I was yes. unsure about the two. I really thought Trevor brought it as a t- yes. as a t- I feel ashamed as a Texas as a Texas Rangers fan and Emily Jones fan right? that I'm the most excited about Trevor's Trevor's as a TikTok. I almost want to listen wonder. to it again. Trevor's as a TikTok person. Yeah. I don't even know what that means, but that was incredible and well worth the dollar, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Grace, your job is to find out more about this Trevor guy so that okay. when we post. We include this in one of the uh, podcasts. Well, I also I also kind of teased him as like a six year or like an eight year old, but he had like yeah. a deep voice, like yeah, and then did. like kind of threw everything off a little bit at the beginning, but <laughs> yes. he really brought it. That was greatness. Yeah, really and, had a good time though, fellas. Yeah, and ladies, this was a ton of fun, and we'll do it again for sure. As our movie genius, I'm sure you'll just have a uh, we, a spot on the board here. I've got I had a list going, so we have plenty awesome. to choose from yes. and some things that I'm really like looking forward to uh Hopefully we burdening. didn't sucker punch this whole thing by going to do the right thing right No, no, yeah. I think we started off, but I think we could burden Grace with some true fantastic movies from yeah, the eighties. Let's do it. So All right. uh how about this? Future? How about Derek gets the next <laughs> pick? <laughs> since hey, I robbed you, him you, of that. Okay, hey, real quick, did, real quick, babe. do you know the movie Rad? From the mid eighties, uh, Scott Bayo. No, no, that was Zapped. Zapped. Okay, movie <laughs> uh, uh, genius. It rad. Goodness. He's it's, exactly right too. That's the movie. <laughs> it's like he has the ability to move watermelons or something like that. My With girl, his mind. My girlfriend wishes that I had uh, the the talents to go and make tons of money and. Instead, I've been inflicted with yes. this. <laughs> okay, rad. Is Rad, that the you, movie? Is that what we're well, doing? Well, I would, I would like to challenge you guys at some point in the future. It's yeah. not going okay. anywhere, but it's this movie they made in the 80s. BMX biking was huge, and they made oh, basically this yeah. sports movie. It's real quick. It's like 90 minutes, but it has, much like the Rosie Perez sequence, it has <laughs> two sequences in it that you'll go, why did they do that? <laughs> Like, well, for one, for sure, there's another one, but the movie starts out with eight minutes of bike riding, 
No character <laughs> development, just straight eight minutes of bike riding. Oh my awesome. God. It's incredible. Should, so should we, we gotta, just go ahead and announce this as our next movie? Okay. I, and let, I mean, it's probably going to be July. Well, maybe we could do point, like but. that, and then like Grace could pick one too because yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Let her I pick. don't know if she's <laughs> going to make it through Rad. We don't have to do an hour and a half on Rad. Yeah, definitely I feel like not. I find a movie that is kind of the equivalent of Rad. That and one of the other thoughts we had, Derek, was a movie that was done in the '80s originally and has since been redone. Ooh, that's which, a good one. Yeah. The only one I really know of, and I'm sure there's a lot more, but Footloose happened recently, yes. didn't it? Uh, Point and Break. I'm, Point Break's been ooh, done that's again. That's right. Point Break. But I hear the new one's awful. Yeah, and I have yeah. to think the new Footloose is awful too, right? I would. I mean, they have so. the kids have cell phones, right? <laughs> <laughs> it yes. ruins the that entire is, thing. That is one of my theories that movies got a lot worse when you. Had cell phones. All of a sudden, yeah, there was no adventure. Well, you you could just text somebody. You can't do the idiot. You can't do the idiot plot anymore. Yeah. Like somebody can just call somebody. Yeah. It's like just completely ruins the movie. No doubt. All right. Well, so maybe we'll do I'm on, rad. I'm on board for whatever you guys want to do. All right. All right. So either Grace is going to pick, or we and do I'll rad bring the Derek's Blu-ray of Rad tomorrow. You guys can just watch. Oh, it you on own loop. the Blu-ray of oh, Rad? Oh yeah, it just came out. They just reissued it. Oh my gosh! This is great. Only our movie was, genius, the Jim Divine movie it genius. It was the movie of our youth. Yes, no doubt. All right, okay. Grace, I've got a question for you. What is? That? How long do you think we've been podcasting? Oh, Ooh, can I guess? Don't too? look at your clock. Hey, can we go like uh, uh, prices right here? Yes, over yeah. under. I yeah, okay. do it, Grace. You go first. Um, an hour and thirty minutes. Derek, I'm going to say one forty. The answer is 143 Ooh. as of right now. Oh, man. And once we add the intro. You know intro, what my goal was? With, was to be on here longer than Coach Allen Green. And you did that. You did. And I doubled him up. Take that green, the balls in your court. <laughs> <laughs> now I can only imagine when Allen comes back what we're going to, you know, what oh topic are we in? You guys are going to learn about the protein value of hay. And what it was, was like to milk some, cows, like breaking down the golf swing into oh, like well, he's forty thousand different get there. segments. Yeah, he's going to get that to that too. Yes. All right, Derek. So much fun. Uh, that was great. Grace. Anything we else we need to mention? I say here's what we do. We were going to mention the albums that mm-hmm. we do next, but let's just save that. We'll post it on the social media rather than announcing it at the end of our. Longest podcast to date. Okay. We'll post it on social media, give it two weeks, so that'll probably be something like episode 11, maybe even 12. Uh, next week, we may do a little mini uh, episode on uh, vacation memories across different mm-hmm. generations where we even get uh, some cr- grandparents involved, uh, aunts, uncles, cousins, anything like that. That could be a fun one. Um, but Derek... Anything anyone, everyone needs to know about you? You want me to plug something? Yeah, anything you need to plug? <laughs> um, I'm writing for FanDuel now, so if yes. you want to go and read some of my FanDuel, uh, if you enjoy daily fantasy sports, anybody? Do, do it at FanDuel. Do it at FanDuel. Not the other one. Yeah. Don't go to the other one. That's all I got. That's it. Awesome. Grace, anything hey. else from you? Um, let's see. Tomorrow, Dylan and I are recording for our podcast. I'll go ahead and tell you guys what it is. Ooh. We, on Head Cannon and Loose Cannons, tomorrow night, we are going to be covering the Ladies of Friends. Oh, Ooh. I'm so excited. It's going to be a two-parter. We're going to do the guys, too, but at a later date. Okay. I love it. I can't so can wait. I, can I ask what, what's the premise uh, like of the discussion? 
Just ripping okay. them apart, right? Yes. What's wrong pretty, with them? Yes. <laughs> the fact much. that all of their clothing has come back and people yes. are wearing the exact same thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That'll um, be fun. Why well, get to be present yeah. for that? I guess you will. You're kind of like our producer. Yeah. Maybe it might I'll... have to be either at lunch <laughs> then or we'll yeah. figure that out. We'll I'm figure that out. Over in the corner pointing at your watch. Like, yes. Got to get back to work. Got to go, guys. Yeah. Enough <laughs> about <laughs> Monica. No more. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, to make sure you follow their podcast as well, go check it out. It's Head Cannon and Loose Cannons wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any feedback for us, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can email us directly at gendividepodcast at gmail.com. If it's negative, email us. If it's positive, post it on wherever you listen to those uh, podcasts. Uh, you can also check out our Instagram, which is at Gen Divide Podcast, or on Facebook if you just search for us there, Gen Divide Podcast. Both of those accounts are up and running, and we're going to really start putting a lot of effort into that as well. So until next time, Derek, one more time, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Grace, you did awesome tonight. Very proud. And until next time, we'll talk. We'll, uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Bye. Take care of my love, my